Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sunset Flood Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Edgar Soto. Today, my co-host, Henry Cruz, and I have the pleasure of having a very special guest, one of the fastest rising wrestlers today, the notorious Mimi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. <laughs> thank you for joining us today and taking the yes, time uh, to discuss your professional wrestling career with us. We really appreciate it. You trained professional wrestling at the Monster Factory located in Paulsboro, New Jersey. What were your early training days like? Uh, my early training days were definitely a little different from most people's early training experience because when I started training to be a pro wrestler, I was 14. So I, I couldn't really drive myself wow. to training. I couldn't, you know, th there was a lot of questions around how that would go, but it was really cool to to get to focus on some of the really basic fundamentals for a while because there was some concern about having me bump that young so i focused on like chain wrestling and lockups and like just learning those very fundamental early stages for a long time and it was it was a very good foundation i think during your time like in the monster factory like what was your initial reaction when you were told that you know your wrestling journey uh along with five other students would be produced in a documentary series that was honestly in the works for the longest time and it was so cool to get to see it come to light there had been people coming by you know working with the the potential of doing a project like that from the time i started in like late 2017 so to see it finally come to fruition yeah in like 2021 was so crazy wow. and so cool and i felt really fortunate because they hit at a very interesting and fun time of my career it's cool to have something like that kind of cemented forever and it was just really awesome to have like an outside film crew and to kind of get a look into a different form of entertainment than traditional, you know, pro wrestling. Yeah, like a different like perspective. A hundred percent. Like yeah. it's, you know, directors and people who film documentaries and docuseries who don't really work in wrestling. They work in more traditional, you know, Hollywood media. Right. Gotcha. Right. And and by the way, you can catch the sixth episode of the documentary on Apple uh, TV Plus. You better. Um, there's a free trial. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's a lot of free trial. So that's always good. Yeah, no, you got to take advantage of that. Um, who <laughs> were like, who or what was your motivation for becoming a professional wrestler? I always tell people I'm a Sasha Banks girly through and through. Um, I get the uh -huh. Becky comparisons. I don't mind that either. She's awesome. But for me, the reason was always uh, like. I started watching wrestling in January of 2016, which I know is very recent compared to most people. But um, having seen like that build up in that WrestleMania match, it was just so motivating to watch those women go out there and absolutely like burn the house down. So that was just really what motivated me to want to get in the ring myself. Sasha Banks. All right. So that kind of, I think that might've answered my second uh, well, this upcoming question, but this is a two-parter. Who's been okay. your favorite opponent that you have faced thus far? So my my first shout-out has got to go to who my mom's favorite opponent that I've faced so far is because she is a huge Will Nightingale and Chris Statlander uh, fan. And as okay. you might have seen, I got to wrestle both of them on Rampage. So before that I, even I happened, I texted that. her. And I was like, hey, mom, you're going to love this match I'm about to have. And they were so cool to work with. So that's definitely up there on my list. 
but I've I've been really lucky to be in the ring with so many amazing people that it's it's kind of hard to pick a favorite. I always love wrestling my boyfriend Travis Jacobs. We've had three matches against each other now. I think um, that's been a ton of fun. I had a program with Ruthless Lala this year at Pro Wrestling Magic. That was or last year now. Still not accustomed to 2024, and we're in February. Um, and that was, that was a really cool experience. But yeah, I've I've been fortunate to be in the ring with so many amazing workers and now this kind of answered uh, the question that i uh, i uh, previously uh who you know who are some of your you know who or you know if there's multiple of your dream opponents in the future well i think we can already guess the first one wherever right. mercedes sasha ends up obviously i would love to have that opportunity <laughs> But there's also, you know, so many talented women on the indies that I haven't gotten to work with yet. I was just talking to another promoter about this. Um, I absolutely loved getting to be in, I was in a multi-woman match against Ultraviolet. I loved being in the ring with her. I would love to be able to get in the ring with Billy Stark. She is so talented. It's crazy what she's been able to do so young. And honestly, like from my time in NXT, I absolutely love the way, uh, Kiana James, she was one of my close friends works, but we never really got in the ring together. So that would have been cool. Kevin James, okay. Sasha, Billy yeah. Starks, okay. You were part of that 2022 class. I do remember that too. So yes, yeah, yeah. I do remember. So that, that was that was a really good class too. I'm just gonna throw that out. There oh, well. absolutely. Sometimes I get cropped out of those pictures. I don't take it personally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like people will post the class of 2022 and they'll be like, oh my god, this was such an overpowered class. And there's just you know a little crap right here. And I'm like, oh I mean, yeah, that's fair. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, everybody does things. They've asked always. Say, everybody's trajectory is always different. So, I mean, yeah, you're doing your thing. Yeah. You're doing your thing in the indie. So, definitely, we always definitely say kudos to you for that. So, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, not a problem. So, I got a question for you now as well. So, uh, we know we were talking before we got on here, and we you said you've been called Mimi in your life. So, yes. what was what was your influence or meaning behind the notorious Mimi? So yeah, Mimi has been a nickname for me since I was literally like one. I gave it to myself. I'm pretty sure I just couldn't say Amelia fully, which is my real name. Um, <laughs> so to me, that part has just been my name forever. But the notorious bit, as we can observe, I'm very ginger and no one else in my family is at all. And my mom was a huge Conor McGregor fan before he kind of went off the rails. Um, so there was like a running joke that he was my real dad, hence the notorious Mimi. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I like it. I mean, it's 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 a great story when you when you really tell it like that. It's, it's full of humor, yeah. but also meaning. I I get it definitely. I definitely understand. So, and we were talking about um you know just previous opponents and different things like that. So I have one question. So what was it like getting that call from WWE and receiving a tryout? So I didn't get a call from them for the tryout. I got an Instagram DM and I thought I was getting catfished. I was like, there is no way that I just got offered a WWE tryout through an Instagram DM. But um, at that time, I guess that was the way the WWE page was reaching out to people. So I like looked at it. I was like, this can't be real. Um, But yeah, I went through the page. It was verified and all that. And then eventually, you know, they did email me with follow-up stuff. But the... I didn't get a call for the initial tryout at any point. I just got that. And I was like, there's no way this is real, but it was. That's interesting. <laughs> What's an unusual way yeah. to like, you know, I mean, yeah, usually, usually everything's type typically called. So like for it to be like an Instagram message and they've like, your mindset is like, 
is this legit? I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, like, I was what's... very confused for a bit. The email follow-ups made it, you know, much more clear that it was real. But at first I was like, there is no way. <laughs> so, I, no, I definitely understand. So what was your experience like in NXT? It was honestly so amazing. I always tell people, I'm like, I love my job. I hate in Florida. So, like, it balanced out very much. Um, I have lived in Pennsylvania and New Jersey my whole life. So moving to Florida was a very big like climate adjustment but mm -hmm. the actual job at nxt was so cool it's like the equivalent of going to like a wrestling college you're there almost like a full nine to five basically a full nine to five was what i was doing of in-ring promo practice um getting to just work with other people and feel them out and learn about other people's styles of wrestling we would do like tape study and stuff like that it was right a really concentrated way to like learn a lot in a short period it was really cool Right. I do. I do remember that if you work for WWE, you had to move, relocate to Florida. So I do remember that. Yeah. That was one of the, Unfortunately, I fully believe that Miami is nice. And like, you know, some of the more South Florida, because people are always surprised when I say this. And normally it's people who've lived in like nice Florida. And I'm like, but Orlando is just Disney traffic and crazy people. And no one knows how to drive. And that's everything. Like, oh, boy, <laughs> you're just sounds, used to the like tri-state area. I mean, I've heard people don't drive the best here either, but in my opinion, in comparison, oh. Florida, it's nothing. I, I think everywhere people don't know how to drive. Let's let's put that <laughs> in so here's comparison. Here's my theory, right? Everyone drives weird, but like here, everyone drives weird kind of in the same way. I think the thing with Florida is no one grew up in Orlando. Everyone who comes to Orlando is an import from somewhere else. Like I came from New Jersey. Someone probably came from Seattle, you know? So everyone brings their different, weird driving habits into one place and they just do not mesh well because no one knows how to react to other people right now i get it so you've made multiple appearances now in other big promotions such as AEW, roh and now mlw so you've also made appearances in other promotions such as uh, axw which is on the rise what was your mindset like in working for those promotions i mean i as, as long as there's people in the crowd and there's an opponent for me to face it's it's basically the same thing more or less obviously it's amazing for an opportunity like AEW or NXT where you know you're going to be on national television and seen by hundreds of thousands of people but it really all feels the same it's it's just the response afterwards will be bigger obviously if you're on a television program but right. interacting with the crowd can feel just as electrifying with like 80 people as a crowd with you know, a couple thousand. It just depends on the crowd and how into the match they are. Right. I know I saw your uh, AEW one recently, and then I also saw some old videos of some of uh, when you went to Indy. So I saw the reactions from the crowd, and yeah, I could definitely understand what you're, what you're saying with that because sometimes it's yeah. different. Even a small, even smaller crowds could just make it seem like it's a big place. So I definitely understand. Exactly. Yeah. So another question: I asked, Speaking of crowds and other promotions you've been in. Um, what is your favorite title that you won or most memorable championship victory? I think my most memorable championship victory has to be, um, as I mentioned before, I've wrestled my boyfriend, Travis Jacobs. Uh, my indie retirement match before I went to NXT was against him for uh, unifying the women's title and the supersonic title at the Monster Factory. And I beat him. And then that was supposed to be like my last match. And it was just such an emotional night. It was so cool. The film crew was there. So that's part of the Apple TV plus series. And that was such an amazing experience. Like it, it was a little stressful because I was 
quite literally reporting to the performance center two days after that. So I was like, okay, I can't get hurt. I can't get hurt. But it was really cool to get to have like a full on farewell match. Oh, that's awesome. And that's definitely something uh, memorable. So I definitely understand that too. Yeah. So now speak, speaking of wrestling styles and different things, is it true that you have a background in Taekwondo? It is. Um, it's it's not as extensive as some people, which is why you don't see me frequently pull like a full MMA gimmick or anything. Um, mm-hmm. For three years from 20, I want to say like 17 to 20, 17 to 19, mm-hmm. I, did, I did train in Taekwondo and it was an amazing experience. I think it's really helped me understand, you know, the basis of wrestling more. And also it's just great exercise and so fun to learn a re- like a like a really different fighting style right that's that's what i was wondering so you you have yeah. to answer one of my other questions just like uh would that be something you incorporate more into your fight fighting style more into uh, future matches and different things like that as well i mean you can definitely see it in the amount of kicks i throw i'm a very kick heavy uh wrestler yes, the bicycle, um, yeah the bicycle kick yep i do see that yep yeah but i don't think you would see it fully take over my moveset unless I returned and to Taekwondo and became more proficient in it. Just because the people you see who, you know, use those, those movesets, those styles are usually people who are absolutely masters at the other genre of what they do. So like people who have like a black belt in BJJ or Taekwondo, or, you know, were professional mat wrestlers, like amateur wrestlers before they wrestled. So I like incorporating it, but I don't want to make it quite the focus because I don't think I dedicated enough of a, of a massive period of time to it. Right. Take that gimmick, you know? Right. No, I understand. You just want to just incorporate bits and pieces, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of gives you the personality and just shows that you have it. So I understand. Yeah. And then the other question I have for you is who has given you the best advice, whether it's on wrestling or just in general life so far? It's a good question. Um, <laughs> Had to make you think there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I find advice from so many different people, but I think you, you know, you, you take bits and pieces from everyone as you go. I've been lucky to be trained by so many wonderful people. Um, so I've taken bits and pieces from Danny, from Misty, uh, who also trains us at the factory, uh, from Ricky Reyes, from my coaches at the PC, who were predominantly Norman Smiley, Robbie Brookside, and uh, AJ uh, Alexander James, formerly in WXW. Um, and yeah, I think you also learn so much from your opponents, but that's kind of not spoken advice as much as it is just experience. I've kind of taken little bits from everyone. Right. And that's a good way of going about everything. Definitely for sure. Yeah. Now, last year you were ranked in the top 250 women wrestlers, according to Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So congratulations yeah. on that achievement. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now where do you see yourself like this year? Like in terms of like rank, no, like in terms of like rankings, right? Are you like, yeah. is that something that's like, you know, in in your thoughts, like, oh, I want to crack like top hundred or, you know. It's not yeah. something I think about too much to be completely frank. Um, because uh-huh. as I'm sure you've known, the, the PWI uh, ranking combines both actual skill level with um like booking and like whether or not you've held titles and what tournaments you've won and i kind of go all over the place i don't really hold like titles or have long runs anywhere because i kind of try to branch out as much as possible and just debut at different places and hold storylines and stuff like that so 
even though I always feel so honored to be on a list like that, and it's so cool, I don't spend too much time worrying about whether or not I'll make it on the list or what place my list on the list I would fall because I only have so much control over that. It's mostly about right, you right. know championships and tournaments and stuff like that, which to me, the more important thing is being able to get like crowd reactions and make my opponent look good and look good myself and all that type of stuff. So I'd say I hold it with some importance, but I, I don't, wake up you know thinking this year i'm gonna be 195 <laughs> like <laughs> no no right i, I want to look good and make other people look good and if a ranking happens along the way that's really awesome and i was really excited to be on it this year i would think that if you if you're doing all that stuff i think that you're if anything you're ranking to probably even go up more that's just yeah, our honest exactly. opinion yeah i mean it it can only go up <laughs> pretty much <laughs> I mean, um <laughs> uh, what is your ultimate goal in wrestling i've talked about this recently um it's definitely changed since i was signed and fired um because that was an amazing experience but it also kind of was like my main goal for so long was to get signed i always had dreamed of that whole process and going to the performance center and learning from there and I don't think I really have like a concrete ultimate goal anymore. I think it's more so just kind of see where I end up and just let that, that path play out because I've really been enjoying wrestling more than I ever have since after that experience, because there's been so much less pressure. And I think by not putting as much pressure on it, you know, it's allowed me to be a better wrestler, if anything, because you're not overthinking anything when you speak about pressure, is it like pressure, like um, making sure like your matches are, you know, well-performed or like pressure with like connecting with fans? So I think the problem is when you are putting pressure on yourself, you you're kind of doing it on the wrong things where you're focusing on making sure your match is like crisp and perfect and fun, but you should be focusing on like crowd interaction and making sure the fans feel involved. And I think by not, feeling all that pressure to, you know, walk through a match a million times or make sure you've got the lines that you exactly want to say for a promo and just listening to what's going on in the crowd and reacting to that. It lets you be a lot more fluid and give the fans the performance that it sounds like they want to see instead of what you already had planned to do. And what can we expect from Mimi in 2024? Well, I'm really hoping to mostly just be continuing to travel. I have potentially another international thing lined up, which I'm really excited about. That's been one of my goals is to get out of the country more. I was lucky enough to make my debut in Canada last year, and I'm hoping to check another country, at least nice. one more off the list this year. And then, yeah, besides that, you know, you can see me tearing it up everywhere. I've just been having so much fun going to new promotions, meeting new people, fighting new people. It's It's been amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, that is awesome. and the final question, what advice would you give to someone wanting to, be, you know, who wants to become a pro wrestler? Find a chiropractor. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> everyone comes from <laughs> everyone comes from a different place when when right. they decide they want to wrestle. So I don't necessarily think there's too many, you know, one size fits all pieces of advice, but I think one that is important is, and this was something that I would tell like anyone who would listen basically is make sure you find the time to 
enjoy it while you're on the journey. I know a lot of people, especially when they're first starting out, will be like so stressed out about their first match in front of a crowd that you like won't remember it at all. This is something I experienced for sure. Is like probably my first like five or 10 matches, I was so nervous that like, I never like stopped and was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm actually wrestling in front of a crowd. This is something I dreamed about doing. So I always tell people to like, because when you're wrestling, you know, you're when you're new, you're too nervous to really try to take that time while you're out there. Like before you go out, just look around for a minute and be like, oh, this is really cool. I actually get to do this. Because if you're going to beat yourself up and need a chiropractor, you might as well remember like how cool it is that you made it this far and take a little bit to be proud of yourself for doing it. Right. No, it's right. it's true. It's like, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'm saying like, if you want to become a pro wrestler, you have to like take in all these different factors. It's like, all right, can yeah. you handle the pressure? Can you handle, because what the pressure is like, all right, we previously mentioned uh, the crowd, the match, also the travel, you know, uh, that does yeah. take a lot of toll on you and your I body. I think so. I need more of a chiropractor for the amount of time I spend in a car, more than just the bumps. The bumps are one thing, but the car is you know, worse. That's one thing I was just wrestling fans in general i think a lot of wrestling fans don't realize that wrestlers don't always take planes and everything they do cars and buses and there's a lot of like aches and pains yeah. i think that's one thing that exploring just how you travel too i think sort of makes the fans more humble i think too i think they understand that yeah. they go through the same amount of stuff so i think that's a good thing to hear too just like cars and crammed in cars because i know there's yeah. obviously yeah. they travel together so i get it yeah well Thank you again for taking the opportunity to chat with us. Uh, as wrestling fans, we 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 love learning uh, more about you um, as a wrestler, your views on the business, and your experience throughout various promotions. Um, yeah, because at such a you know young age, you, you've you know you've got you know first taste at what like the wrestling business is all about. Yeah. Um, you can listen to the audio version of this episode on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you want to see the full video, check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can also check our link tree at Sunset Flip Wrestling Podcast to access past episodes and our social media pages. Uh, we'll also like to thank uh, American Excellent uh, Wrestling uh, for making this all happen. Uh, I definitely recommend them. everyone... Yeah, shout out to them, and I definitely recommend everyone to check them out. So, everyone, the Notorious Mimi, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, of course, of course, and uh, hopefully we can have a a, a part two in the future. Uh, Of course, yeah. So, that will do it for us at the Sunset Flip Wrestling Podcast. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Till next time.